Hey everyone. Uh, once again, this is another episode that we recorded pre-self-isolation, so there's a lot that has changed, a lot that has come up, uh, and we released a new free-to-view uh, show for Scowl, my stage combat theater troupe, uh, that we've figured out how to do it all self-isolated. Uh, go to scowlfight.com to see that. Uh, that said, a lot of the things that we talk about, again, like this was all stuff that was coming up uh, around uh, the, the time period where we all started self-isolating. Jonathan is an amazing guest. I'm so happy to have them on here again. Uh, and yeah, uh, I'm going to try and get episodes up every month. Uh, last month, it was on the 11th. Today, it's on the 11th. So we're going to stick to 11s and see how that works. Uh, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it'll be a little bit early. Maybe it'll be a little bit late. But um, yeah, there's also a weird clicking that goes on in this recording. And I don't know why. Just uh, just FYI, if it's going to bug you, it's going to happen. But uh, no, the, the analysis is still solid. So enjoy. Is it transphobic? We'll be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Ashley Lauren Rogers, and I use she, her, and they, them pronouns, and today I'm being joined by... Me, Jonathan Alexandratos. I use they, them pronouns, non-binary, New York City-based playwright, writer, with plenty of time to do those things from my quarantine. Yeah, so uh, time, uh, you know, it, it was for about like a month and a half. Uh, I haven't really talked to people about this for about a month and a half. I really haven't been able to update the podcast just because... Uh, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, there's still some episodes that I need to put a lot more work into. Uh, but at the same time, like it's just been a very uh, good, artistically fulfilling, but very difficult time to sit down and actually edit. So uh, as much as this is uh, not great, um, I'm very thankful for the time to sit down with friends like you, yeah. Jonathan, uh, yeah. and talk about uh, talk about media. Yeah. So... This particular piece of media, I it was recommended to me by my wife. Uh, she said, hey, I picked this up. I think she was at a, a book fair or a book event. And she was like, I'd really like to know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, the the What we are talking about is The Dressmaker and the Prince. And the Prince and the Dressmaker. The Prince and the Dressmaker. <laughs> I can never get titles right. Ever. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's by The Prince Maker and the Dress. Uh, it's <laughs> 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 the the prince of the dressmaker i'm looking for it now so that i could pick it up and say like oh this is the author but of course i'm not smooth like that and i must have put it in another room it's okay the uh, author's have... jen wang <laughs> <laughs> i haven't made notes i have notes y'all <laughs> so so jonathan uh yeah. tell me how like so because you're you're familiar with this one as well like i, I yes. posted about it and you you immediately responded with like, oh my gosh, if you ever do this episode, like I would love to talk about it. So tell me how how you came across 
the prince and the dressmaker. Sure. So here's my sort of origin story with this book. Um, a couple of years ago, the author Marjorie Liu, who wrote the graphic novel Monstrous, which is mm. a wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, she was speaking at the New York Public Library for Comic Con's Educators Day, and I went. And um, I really, really loved what she had to say, but she had a specific point in her um, keynote address that was about queerness in graphic novels, at which point I was in the audience like, go on. And uh, <laughs> she said, okay, well, you know, there's all this uh, great material out there, and, and I, I she recommended um, the Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang, and I was like, and she said like just a little bit about what it was about, and I was like, oh, that sounds like exactly what I'm sort of going through. <laughs> like, I mean, I mm. I am no prince uh, or princess or royalty of any kind, but uh, I definitely was in a place where I felt very secretive about wearing clothing that uh, was not, um, was not, I guess, designated for the gender I was assigned at birth uh, because mm. I was not really out as non-binary then. And I remember feeling like such an alien in the women's clothing areas of stores. Uh, I liked being there. There was like a lot of stuff that excited me about it, but I, I did a lot of my like ordering of those kinds of clothing online because I felt like really such a kind of a, a stranger or kind of an alien in those spaces. And this book was the thing that really showed me that, um, you know, it's okay. Like there are people who understand and there are people who, who get, you know, that, that you feel nervous and that you might feel uh, strange about looking the way that you know is right for you, but you also know that like society kind of looks down upon. So the, the dressmaker in the story is just like the person that instantly became, you know, who I wanted to see in society. And like, I would picture that person like in the women's clothing aisles in stores being like, it's okay, you know, don't, don't worry, you know, and don't, don't feel bad about, you know, wanting to buy that dress or buy that, you know, whatever it's okay. Like, and so it really just had a huge impact. And of course, then I, I, I read the book and, and, uh, it really was just a comfort to me every single time. And now I go into those spaces and I, I still do feel a little bit on guard, I think, just because yeah. of sort of society in general. But I also feel like somebody understands, you know, and I think that when you know, like there's one person who understands, then you feel like there may be more people who understand and, uh, you, at least I, I feel a lot more comforted about that. So that was the, that was the imprint it made on my life. And that's why when you, uh, brought it up, I, I really wanted to jump on it because it's, there aren't too many books that I think have just shifted my entire way of seeing the world. So totally as the Prince and the Dressmaker. Yeah. And I, I like, even then for me, like, and it's been a very long time since I've had to grapple with, like, I mean, it is one of those things, like, whenever I'm in a store, for me, it, it honestly works the opposite nowadays. Like, whenever mm -hmm. I'm in the men's clothing section, I kind of feel like I need to get the fuck out of this section. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's like, I don't want people to code me in some way and just, like, think of me in some way. And it's just like, mm-mm, okay. Um, 
but but at the exact same time it brought up a lot of those feelings of trying to understand myself and trying to figure myself out and being in that that space myself as well so especially because uh we're we're gonna do a reading of a kiss in the dream house which is a play that i wrote kind of during my i think i'm trans but i don't know what that means but i think i know what that means and so that's what i am uh phase so it's just like there's a lot of like these things are just sort of like connecting in a way that i'm like all right let's let's lean into it let's let's actually like start looking at these things um so so for me i i really connected with a lot of it but then there are also moments that i'm like hmm it's it's intriguing from a i feel almost like as a a writing teacher i would start to tell people not to write stories like this Mm. but it's so good Mm -hmm. i yeah like i I feel so conflicted um because there is a certain extent that it's like oh it's about the clothing but at the same time it's not i don't know yeah like i i just from a from a full perspective i almost feel like it's so it's it's complex but also simple yeah yeah, I mean the the work that I really had to do with this um sort of in in the direction you're talking about was mm. just sort of reminding myself that like this this is a very specific story of this mm-hmm. one prince who uh never really in the text identifies as, you know, trans explicitly in any in mm-hmm. any sense. Uh now one might ascribe that to kind of the time period that it's set in um which I, I kind of do like I, but then, you know, even, even within that, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are things you, you can do if, if you wanted that in the story. Um, mm. but at the end of the day, I, I feel like this is a story, um, about a cis man who wears dresses. And I think that, mm-hmm. uh, that can then sort of be pasted onto, some trans lives like my own in, in ways that are really comforting. But uh, I think also it's, it's, it's meaningful to say um, that like, if you are a cis man and you want to wear dresses, you, you can, I mean, there's, Mm. that's, that's fine. Um, And so I guess that's, that's kind of something that I've, I've had to sort of remind myself about, about this specific story. Yeah, I think I think that they they and again, like I, I think you're right. Some of it is, um, I think that there there are a lot of decisions that kind of had to be made to be like, how do we tell this story in a way that works? And part of it is, yes, they didn't necessarily during that period uh, in France have the language to use the word trans. But at the same time, I don't know that. Uh, and we're gonna go. We're we'll kind of jump back and forth between uh, Lady Cristalia and Prince Sebastian. It's the yeah. same person, but using different names depending on what they're wearing and how they're outwardly presenting. Um, but like there, there were two quotes that really sort of landed for me that like, you know, this just sort of like it, it works. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is in chapter six. Uh, Sebastian is asked by, uh, Oh, I can't remember her name. The dressmaker. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no Cristalia tonight. And Sebastian answers, thought I'd, thought I'd try wearing one of the outfits you made for Prince Sebastian tonight. And it's just this, like, it's not a matter of like, oh, I had to, oh, I have, it's like, no, you know, hey, I figured I'd try it out. This is also kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 
but then there's also this moment and I can't find it. I know I wrote it down, but I can't find where it is uh, right now, but it's, it's this moment where he's talking to uh, the dressmaker character and says that like, Oh, you know, sometimes I look in the mirror and I see myself and I see almost a reflection of my father. And I say like, yeah, that's right. But sometimes I look and I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. And I think that there's, something to that in the character that says that this character is either um i've i've had friends that are bi-gender i have friends that are uh have multiple genders and they change day to day uh and then they're just friends that are like yeah you know if i could have the ability to wear a dress when i feel like it i wouldn't have to have a lot of these feelings because then i could just put on a dress and be who i am yeah um and i i do feel like sebastian slash lady cristalia lives in that space based on the the character information that we've been given mm-hmm. yeah i think that's true and and i think that it is kind of a cool question to sort of wonder if prince sebastian existed today uh what pronouns would he use you know what uh mm-hmm. what what language would he use to to describe himself um and i mean i'm i'm using the the sort of he him pronouns that i think he he uses in the in the book but um obviously yeah like i think that would be kind of a really uh, a really cool question and maybe maybe in some ways like that's what makes a piece of this book a little bit more universal is you can kind of say okay well this this story is existing in uh, a time you know hundreds of years ago um if it were today would this person look like you and the you can be whatever trans reader is reading the story. So if you're non-binary, you might, you might sort of want to claim Prince Sebastian. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with doing that. Like, I think it's, Mm. you know, he's a character and and he's kind of there to, uh, to sort of give comfort to, to lots of different people. Um, And, and so I, I kind of appreciate that, sort of openness um that that might come with with sort of leaving this in that time period um but yeah yeah no and i i think um again i i think it's it's also interesting because especially when we're looking for like trans representation specifically it's it tends to be very like binary trans focused and it tends to be very like we know the the paint by numbers of what we're looking for and it just becomes more for lack of a better term it just becomes more tragic and particularly with this character there is a a level of danger that Mm -hmm. is clearly there that is part of pretty much every trans story that people tend to write about but at the same time it's not the same flavor of danger yeah i I guess like because it's not like this is all of who i am but at the same time it's a huge part of who i am and it is like it's it's just i don't know like there's there's something interesting and this is why i think it's like simple but also very complicated at the same time right Um, exactly and i and i think the big thing for me that separates it from a lot of the trans danger that we see in stories now is that uh prince sebastian uh prince sebastian's father actually turns out to be on his side at the end of it i mean yeah. not not you know for certain moments but at the at the sort of big finish where uh so just to kind of 
do a quick summation of the the plot like prince sebastian yeah. dresses as lady Cristalia in secret and uh francis is basically she's the dressmaker has been summoned to um kind of make these dresses for him in secret and then finally you know his big fear is that his dad the king is going to find out and finally when he does uh at the end via this sort of massive public performance as lady Cristalia. Uh, the dad also dresses up in a dress and is like, hey, you know, I'm I'm the king. If you have a problem with this, this is the way it's going to happen. So don't don't mess with, you know, my kid. Um, and yeah, that's cool. There's there's a there's a theme in this and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but there's definitely a theme in this of I have power. So you can't do this. Oh, yeah. Well, I have more power and I say they can. <laughs> yes. And like, and again, like, I, I don't know that there's this because this happens when Lady Cristalia uh, comes out to uh, the the uh, what do you call it? Like the the party for the um, the new department store that's going to be yes. opening up. Yes. Yeah. Where like this creepy dude is hitting on Lady Cristalia and then they fight back and then immediately he's like do you know who i am <laughs> but then the the son of the guy that owns the department store is like i know who you are i also know who they are they're with me right nope i have more power than you right uh, and i say they're cool right. and <laughs> which it really is like there there is something to be said about both like this idea of lots of people who are coming together and saying like we will create power because of numbers but also there is a certain extent that they need the power of the powerful in order to continue to uh thrive in mm -hmm. a lot of ways which is a little sad but like yeah. it's very true in a lot of ways oh very true yeah and, yeah and and certainly if we're thinking about paris as it says paris at the dawn of the modern age uh mm -hmm. that was certainly true and uh and yeah i mean i mean we know like the the impact of regardless of where you are politically uh the impact of someone like a like a Pete Buttigieg or something like being someone who has power and influence can go a long way towards other people who are in the case of Buttigieg gay being like hey you know like that that person says it's okay and they're they're all the way up there so mm -hmm. you know that's that can give some folks like a, a a nice kind of piece of armor um and so i i think we we do kind of see that uh happening but you're right like that's totally a theme in this and it, it comes up a lot is is just like yep i i have more of that power than you do and so uh go away <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I think it also speaks to, especially because the father chooses to, because, you know, it takes him a minute to kind of come around. Uh, but Right, definitely. But at the same time, like, because he makes the conscious decision to support his son, and because everyone sort of in a lot of ways, like, are reacting in a way, like, I know uh, uh, Princess Juliana, is it? Yeah, Princess Juliana, yeah. who is fascinating. Honestly, she was the most interesting character in this to me. Yeah. Uh, because like when it is revealed there is a just to just to uh put it out there to people who are potentially looking to read the book i do recommend it but there is a whole moment of like public humiliation and mm -hmm. uh a public outing of the prince um at his own wedding um and so if that is a thing that is uh, triggering for you, absolutely, like, go into it knowing that. But at the same time, there's a lot of good in it. So I, I wouldn't 
completely walk away from it, but you know, like look, look into it yourself if that is a thing that is difficult for you. Uh, yeah. But like, but yeah, like I, I think that Juliana is there. Juliana first is really interested in Prince Sebastian, then becomes very interested in Lady Cristalia. And when it's revealed that the two of them are the same person on her wedding day, she runs out and we don't really ever hear from her, uh, yeah. which sucks. But at the same time, like, again, she is a part of a lot of old power structures. And there's a lot of things where it's like, I have to deal with this. Like, I have to figure out what's going on. This is being thrown at me at my own wedding. Mm-hmm. And part of what will break down a lot of those power structures and part, well, maybe not the power structures themselves, but part of what will stop these power structures from uh, enacting a lot of garbage, like feeling like you have to leave your own wedding. If you find out that your, your spouse dresses in clothing that you didn't expect them to. And I would even, yeah, yeah, I would even suggest that the, that additionally, some of the power from that moment is it, it shows you just how, how bad it is when there's this sort of cishet hegemony that keeps folks like Prince Sebastian in the closet, because Prince Sebastian, I'm sure is somebody that would be thrilled to live out in the open if it weren't for the extreme amounts of danger that he feels mm-hmm. in society. So like, that's what kind of keeps him in the closet or in a shell. And then in that moment, that's, that's why we have that conflict at the, at the wedding. So if you can create a, a society where the power structures understand that, Hey, you know, there's lots of different people, lots of different genders, lots of different types of presentation, and uh, we should teach love and, and respect for all, then you won't have that problem in the first place. And uh, people will be with people that they love because they love everything about them, you know, about who they are, about their identity. Um, and that's, that's sort of the ideal, almost utopian place to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ah. (laughs) There's, there was also another moment that really hit me hard in this and it was, uh, part of chapter eight. Uh, it was after his father, essentially he, is on a a family date with a you know like the the familial royalty there you're meeting someone who could be potentially your partner mm. um and he says to her like look this isn't going to work out you're very nice you you deserve better than this but you're also 12 which a was like okay that was a thing in royalty but at the same time like wow i did not expect that actually yeah <laughs> um but a good on you for not furthering any kind of relationship with a 12 year old being yeah. 16 uh but then immediately after that the father has a heart attack and it starts hitting um sebastian more about this idea of like if he dies i'm gonna be the next in line i'm gonna have to figure out what to do and people are gonna look at me uh and what what hit me was this the paranoia of being found out being so fucking real and like they 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 captured it in a way that just like really to me was just very real um but then specifically even though it was very real for sebastian uh and again i'm kicking myself for not writing this character's name down but the dressmaker uh (laughs) says to francis thank you yeah francis says to him you're a secret which means i'm a secret 
maybe you can live the rest of your life living like this, but I can't. Yeah. And it just, it, as, oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, I, I wrote down in my notes, I have complicated emotions over this. <laughs> it's a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. it, it just, it speaks to a lot of levels of, uh, of, of queer relationships, particularly this idea of like, if a partner is in the closet about anything about their, their, you know, who they are queer wise. And it just, yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and after, at, at that point in the story, you know, it, looking at the, at the art in this is, is so cool. The way it, it kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, with those types of emotions um, so that we actually see uh, like after that, you know, this divide almost between Sebastian and, and Francis and, and the way on, on page 167 of the, of the text, uh, there's, you know, Francis is, is being asked, uh, you know, and you are, so she's basically being asked for her name and she can't even speak. She says no one, but in the, in the moment when she says no one, um, her eyes are not drawn on her face. Like she's literally just drawn as, as no one in that moment. So they, they do these like really mm. clever things in the art to assist this heartbreaking, like gut wrenching moment uh, in the, in the story. And I just love that. I'm just like, that is, that is really clever comics making. If you ask me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, uh, like I, and admittedly a lot of the, the, the uh, visual I, took in but i'm not necessarily like a visual storyteller so i didn't catch that but yeah oh man like i like i noticed their use of color and their use of shadow in a lot of those moments where it was like very bright and very like it was very dark in the beginning and then once we meet the prince the colors brighten up and everything like sort of like we see a lot more colors being used a lot less shadow and then as we move into there we are seeing a little bit more shadow being used and yeah that's such a great point because it it actually in in many ways is the perfect sort of middle school book because Mm -hmm. if you're more of a visual person then you'll pick up on those kinds of things where like if you flip through the book you'll see exactly what you described that that sort of ebb and flow of bright color uh and if you're someone who's maybe a little bit more literal then you'll you'll be focusing on maybe the words and and what they're saying which are also incredibly moving and powerful and then on top of that if you're in middle school and you're queer then you have a lot to work with there and a lot that you might actually relate to i mean when you're in middle school i think for a lot of us our dad's feel like the king like we Mm -hmm. feel like if we come out uh or or if we even voice these feelings of you know hey i don't really feel like the person you say that i am um then it we do feel like our dads will have a heart attack sometimes i mean granted there's plenty of accepting fathers and plenty accepting parents in general uh in in the world but i know speaking from my own experience i mean yeah, I totally felt like my dad was the king. And if I did not fill that specific role that he envisioned for me, then I was I was letting down this royalty, even though there was no such thing that was true about my family. It's just the way it feels. Yeah, no, and, and especially like after all of this, 
he Sebastian specifically had to run off and go live with monks and mm. garden and yes it's a world that he was not used to but like this idea of like having to isolate yourself in some way when things about you are revealed is just a very mm-hmm. yeah no this yeah this book took me into a lot of places yeah 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 exactly Ooh. and and yeah. it's it's interesting too to to kind of hear your perspective on it um because when i had read it sort of like i said earlier i i read it at a point where i was like just about to come out and and this book was sort of one of the things that kind of convinced me that 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 would be not just a good but like an okay thing to do like a good like a, a socially good thing to do uh and so to hear the perspective of somebody who's sort of been out before they read this book, uh, that's actually really helpful uh, and really, really interesting for me. Yeah, no, I know. I, I even, even just like this idea of it, it's been fascinating to kind of revisit that time because I've been out for so long. I've I'm, I'm at that point where, I obviously care, but at the same time, there's like a fuck it, I don't care <laughs> attitude. That uh-huh. For survival, you kind of you kind of need to adopt at a certain point, yeah. uh, and <laughs> so it is like uh, so. Like to kind of like revisit a lot of these feelings has been fascinating. Yeah, uh, and it is something that it's like. All right, I'm hoping that for future generations, people will be able to look at these and kind of almost have a distance like oh this was this was a time where this was a thing she's like yeah yeah Yeah. where you had to kind of like sneak around and hope and worry about just expressing who you are and yeah i mean i i think uh a little bit just sort of reflecting on some modern events who uh who is that basketball player that has the trans child uh... oh yeah is it dwayne wade yes yes yeah mm-hmm. um and uh so i forget the the child's name um mm. the the girl i believe um same but yes <laughs> right yeah I'm googling now. yeah there we go we'll we'll get a google on that yeah. but but the reason that i i think of it is if you think about some of our sort of royalty today in terms of celebrity like mm. basketball player can certainly get pretty high up on that list and yeah. that that poor child was subjected to uh, a lot of like I, I felt abuse and and just unfair comments. Definitely a lot of support too. I mean, you you mm-hmm. had situations where like entire basketball sta- stadiums were like standing up and clapping, and uh, and that's great. Uh, that's very different from this particular book in in some ways. But uh, you also had a lot of like horrific comments that this young child had to like hear just for being who they are. So. Um, uh. Transgender, transgender daughter Zaya. Thank you, Zaya. Yeah, excellent. Zaya Wade. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So I mean, so that could be a, a sort of modern day almost version of this with with some key differences that actually let us reflect on you know how how our society is is different now, um, and also like some of the same threads of like fear and, and harassment that that still exist. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I know um, in the, not the last chapter, but like the second to last chapter where everything is commencing and there's a, a full, um, what do you call it? A, a runway show yes. for all of these things. There's this beautiful moment. It's like, it's before the, the, the runway is going and uh, Sebastian is kind of, kind of just like told, francis that like oh these designs aren't your usual designs these are kind of boring mm -hmm. and francis goes eh, people's tastes can change mm -hmm. to which sebastian responds that's what i used to tell myself too mm. and it's just like Whew. yeah yeah because again like that's and that's at this point it's a it's a memory but it's also a thing that i constantly have to argue with people is it's like look a lot of this isn't just a matter of oh i'm never gonna wear this that or the other thing again it's deeper than that and yeah. oh yeah it just that that's another quote that hit me but the other thing and i did not see this coming and i'm so so surprised that i did not see this coming mm -hmm. was when the father the king says men you're going to help the prince and the dressmaker mm. any way they need Mm -hmm. and they yes. replaced all of the models with the with the uh guard with yes the... <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like it's one of those things where it's like yeah you know what as much as it's like you know you can do anything you know like you can go out there it's more a matter of like we will show like we will show that it is totally acceptable for people who are assigned male at birth to wear dresses and you could tell that the guards and the thing is and this was a this was a visual thing i did pick up on you could tell the guards are loving it yes yeah <laughs> like, exactly the guards which are I think, living for this <laughs> exactly which i think is really important like it's important to show that because i think if they weren't it would have been wrong to make them wear dresses like i think yeah. you know because you definitely want to send a message of like if you want this then it's totally fine and if you mm -hmm. don't then it's totally fine the place where you run into the problems is if you try to enforce your view on someone else and that's that's obviously not okay so i love that part too and and i also wasn't expecting it and i was delighted by it um as well and i, I think that was it's really really um important um yeah. One of the things, too, since we're at the sort of moment towards the end is mm -hmm. another surprise that kind of hit me is that uh, this is not a love story between the prince and the dressmaker, really. Like, it's not. Mm. It's, you know, at least I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on a friendship for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, like, sexuality is never really addressed in any sort of way. Like, it's it's uh, it's not brought up in any respect. So I kind of like the way that the story is able to build, first of all, like a strong friendship between two people and, and let that kind of exist as it is. And also to sort of say like, Hey, you know, you don't have to answer all the questions at once. Like, okay, so you're a person assigned male at birth who likes wearing dresses. Maybe you still identify as a cis male. Maybe you don't. Um, but you don't have to have like all those answers and you don't have to have the answers of like, who are you attracted to? Like, those are things that you can figure out over time. And uh, the point is to sort of set up society so that whatever answers you have, 
are they find a place to to land and and be accepted yeah i think because they they heavily hint that sebastian is kind of falling in some way for francis throughout his like initial dealings with princess juliana and during like talking to i can't remember the 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 12 year old princess yes uh but at the same time like exactly you're right like because they don't end up together as like married right it's it's more a matter of like i it, it almost feels like sebastian is in love with this feeling and with being with this person and that this person is able to let him become himself mm-hmm. as opposed to we are both in love with one another. And if I can't be my true self in front of these people, how can I love them? Yeah. Yeah. And so exactly. Like it's a lot of like that. I think that says it beautifully, actually. Like it's a lot about like setting up your, your selfhood and then um, trying to, from there, perhaps, you know, explore maybe other feelings of attraction you had, or 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 maybe not. Um, you know, it 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 would take a sequel to to find out uh, that. Which please make a sequel. Um, yeah, you can and, call it the dressmaker and the prince. There really you go. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> I, I look forward to the third installment <laughs> in the trilogy: the drinks maker and the press. <laughs> <laughs> the drinks maker in the press. I will uh <laughs> X-ray, yeah. X-ray drinks maker is a thing now. I'm here for it. Um but yeah, I mean like it's 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 really cool to have a place where, you know, you can you can picture um someone who who today, you know, might might be non-binary but but also maybe not how they could exist sort of historically because we do I think mm. forget that non-binary stories are they exist in history like mm-hmm. there's plenty of examples of people of non-binary genders in various cultures uh existing and and not only existing but actually having really important societal roles too so this story is not quite like uh, the the stories like of the the Bernesha in Albania or um, uh, of you know the the Hamana and the in the Zuni tribe or anything like that. It's not it's not on that level. But I do like the idea of locating queerness throughout history um, and sort of pushing against the idea that like oh this all has to take place like right now because if it's not happening in 2020 then it couldn't have happened and it's like yeah. well it could have mm-hmm. like uh i i'm oh what is it the the chevalier i'm trying to remember the name of this historical figure there was a historical figure i'm gonna look it up right yeah. now as we speak but uh specifically like chevalier um Nope, that is just the name of a type of thing. Uh, <laughs> <hold on. laughs> um, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp while I'm looking this up. But basically, there was this oh Chevalier Deon. Okay. Um, so Chevalier Deon was not like, and again, the word transgender did not exist. Yeah. But Chevalier Deon was assigned male at birth. Was a French diplomat, spy, and Freemason. Um, and at a certain point, like, and would wear dresses. And um, 
essentially from and i'm i'm getting this on wikipedia so just fyi but uh from 1777 dayon lived as a woman mm-hmm. doctors who examined dayon's body death okay etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but essentially dayon was told um and this is like i i have to cite my sources but like essentially was told at a certain point like okay look if you're gonna dress like a woman if you're gonna act like a woman you gotta be a woman you can't like Mm. jump back and forth which is some bullshit but at the same time it's like well okay like (laughs) like, look if you're gonna be look if you're gonna act like a woman you're gonna be a woman so it's like okay call my bluff (laughs) I feel like society at that point was just struggling to create a rule. Like, well, uh, okay, but here's the rules. Thought of it last night. Do this. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, and also there's a, um, there's a great anime. I know that we're, we're going on a little tangent, but there's a great anime uh, that I'm going to look up right now. Um, it's it's also got Chevalier in the title. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of it's... like Ranma one half or something. Or... Yeah. No. So, well, A, we need to do, we need to do Ranma one half. Yeah, that's point. true. <laughs> um, uh, but essentially, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. It's actually called Le Chevalier Down. Oh. And it is about a set of twins. The the sister died while they were young, and the the male uh, the male character can channel his sister's spirit within him, and he becomes a better fighter. Wow, <laughs> it's okay. kind of amazing. That is uh, awesome. It's been, it's been quite a while, but it's absolutely worth looking at before looking at like weird French inspired. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So, so look into the historical figure, Le Chevalier Dayon and yeah. look into, <laughs> and look into the anime Le Chevalier Dayon. If you want to look for something slightly stranger uh, than, than the normal historical fair. Which why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. History is fine. Yeah. Anime history is much better. Oh my god, anime history is badass. I mean, <laughs> that, Ooh. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's actually really cool because if your sort of taste buds are wedded for more like historical queerness, there is the the podcast Queer as Fact, which does a lot mm. of uh, work to sort of talk about um, historical figures who were in in some way queer but uh, many of their episodes are uh, dedicated to people who are trans and non-binary and they're maybe they're in all of their hosts might be uh trans non-binary folks um i might be wrong about that but uh certainly a, a number of them so i've been kind of impressed with that um and it's one of the things that this book opens the door to is for people to be like hey wait like especially if you're in middle school and all your teachers are just talking about a lot of cis people throughout history this could actually be the thing that makes you go hey wait could that have actually happened and then you actually look back and you find examples where like yeah actually it it did yeah I so okay, and this is this is just me like complete tangent, but this is me remembering something in college. Oh, uh, so I took a uh, Elizabethan uh, literature class, and it, it was actually really cool. I did not expect, honestly, I was just like, I need to fill a, a quota of mm. things, and it's just like I need to fill like a certain 
literature requirement. So I took uh, an Elizabethan one. And so we watched Elizabeth Mm -hmm. and there's a moment in Elizabeth. And like at this point in college, I am out as a crossdresser. And this was the the term that I used. Um, And so I'm like on campus doing my thing. And we're so we're watching the movie. And there's a a joke in there about this really over the top suitor to I believe was it Elizabeth? Am I completely fucking? Yeah, no, I think it was Elizabeth. Um, and so there's this like over the top suitor, and he's just very charismatic. And then she walks in on him, and he's wearing a dress, mm-hmm. and it's this whole thing that's a joke. And the thing is, like, it was actually really interesting because like everyone just kind of looks at me, and I just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that yep (laughs) (laughs) exactly so is there anything else about um the prince and the dressmaker that we haven't gotten to that we really want to make sure we talk about other than my final note that i wrote on my notes which shouldn't be my final note but i have to state it it just says oh hello there druid daddy Ah, yes. Oh, my God. No, I know. He's so hot. Uh, He's just like, oh. Yeah. I got the antlers. The antlers and the dress and the, oh, my God. Yes. Like, bring back the monarchy. Let's do it. That's fine. Uh, I am with you 100% on that. I'm glad you wrote that down as a note because I had that thought. And I was like, you said it. I'm like, yep. That's spot on, um, for sure. Oh. <laughs> you know, um, and it also like I, I mean on a on a literary level too. Like it mm-hmm. it does sort of present you with a different body type dressing femme, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of important because Prince Sebastian is sort of um, I guess slighter and and a little bit more like if one if one sort of conjures an image of like traditional sort of femininity which is not fair i mean goodness knows there's you know every single type of body can be a feminine body it's not it's not like that um Mm -hmm. but you do get this very traditional sort of view with sebastian but then you see dad um and and granted i mean even though dad is is wearing a dress um still identifies as as male but like you do get this notion that like no you know there are different bodies that can wear um, femme things and can also be women and can, you know, in, in fact, I mean, if anything, I, I do sort of want, I do sort of wish that the story, if the story continues, I wish it did sort of dip more into body types that maybe um, aren't so traditionally associated with femininity, but are of course mm-hmm. feminine. Um, and I, I think that it could go further in that direction. And they, they do exist, but it's in, like, the very beginning, and it's all the, like, it, it tends to, it's not that it tends to be played for a joke, but it does tend to be played for the, the stereotypical, like, aunt and the, the mothers of the children. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, like, it, it's, they exist, and they are still feminine, but at the same time, it's, like, a very specific role as opposed to a lot of like the, we don't see any like plus size princesses. We mm. don't see any like, yeah. Exactly. 
yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only one that sort of comes close to it is uh, one of my favorite characters in the whole thing is the, 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 the lady Sophia Rohan who orders the, yes! the like black swan dress at the beginning. And, <laughs> and she's just like gobbling down the cupcakes wearing her black swan outfit. I'm like, hell yeah. That is like goals right there. <laughs> uh, what did, what did she say specifically to Francis? It was just like, I don't care. I want to look like a demon. Yeah. She something. was like, make me hideous or like something yeah. like make me, you know, and, and so she's like, okay, uh, and, and so she kind of does that, except she looks fantastic and yeah. nobody can appreciate it. Uh, and that sets everything in motion because the, the one person, mm-hmm. of course, who does seem to appreciate it is the prince who's like, yes, please send me whoever made that dress. I want that person to make all mine. Um, so, yeah, like if somebody doesn't like your work, then maybe you're just not selling it to the right audience mm-hmm. sometimes. Well, there's like there's so much uh, in that, especially just in that, like in in all of that. There's the when when the 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 review comes out, an abomination of taste and <laughs> distinction, which yeah. has now become my Facebook description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. It's great. Uh, but then there's also the client is not the one who wears the dress. The client is the one who pays. Yeah, um, which is just like a whole other thing. But you know, it, it ah yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and like what a what a perfect mm-hmm. summation of sort of how gender can be used toxically in society. Like to to sort of say like no no what you want doesn't matter. It's you you have to wear the thing that we tell you to wear. Like that's yep. that's what we need you to do, and that's. Mm-hmm that's like gender gone wrong gender gone right is like this is this is what i want to wear i'm wearing it so deal with it um it's you also notice there's like this thing that i'm realizing now just looking at my notes and all the quotes from chapter two like the first that you really hear from the prince is almost this thing that you expect like it's just so for lack of a better term like drag queen extra Mm. like like oh what style of dress are you looking for beauty drama romance anything Mm. you think is beautiful Mm -hmm. and it really tones down as things like not necessarily the style not necessarily any of that but like as he as sebastian and francis really get as a um a friendly unit together it tones down and sebastian is able to be very real with francis but not necessarily in an over-the-top way yeah like and I think part of that is literally like a they've figured out their relationship, so they don't need to necessarily put on any airs. Um, but also, there's a certain extent that it's like, okay, things are now moving in a direction that is not necessarily okay, but things are open now, so I don't necessarily need to. And don't get me wrong, love drag queens. Drag queens are amazing. There are a lot of amazing trans and non-binary drag queens out there, and you should support them and give them money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it's it's just interesting the style with which he talks in the beginning kind of dials down a lot throughout the the piece. I, I love that moment that you described because it's it's uh it's great to sort of acknowledge that like when uh Prince Sebastian says, Yeah, like I want beauty, drama, romance, anything you think is beautiful, he's got a, a, a blanket over his head. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. want Francis to to know that uh it's it's a man who's asking for these things. Uh and then as soon as that comes off through an accident in the in the scene and the guards burst in to to make sure that the prince is all right he's taken the taken the the blanket off his head uh his his response you know to them saying are you all right he says yes i am what's the trouble 
uh, you know, we heard screams and, uh, and then he's like, oh, haha, it's nothing. I stubbed my toe and here, and it's like the least dramatic thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's this very interesting thing of like behind the, behind the curtain. Yes. Like give me all the things. And then when I'm, when I'm allowed to just sort of be myself, like I'm a, I'm a human being. This is, this is who I am. This is my personality. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Ah. I really enjoy this. Okay, so yeah. let's ask the the two questions that we always ask. Um, I, I think we're we've already kind of given away the goat, but <laughs> do you did you did you enjoy it? We'll start I with that one. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It will always be probably one of the formative books in my uh, queer history for sure. Yeah, uh, honestly, same. This is going to be one of those ones that I am going to bring up as like. It should be in your syllabus, not you specifically, but no, like but it is. In general. But yeah, like, <laughs> should absolutely be in everyone's syllabus, especially if they're talking about queer history, queer stories, queer literature. Um, but just in general, it's also really well done. So yeah, uh, is it transphobic? No, I'd say no. Like straight up, no. I yeah. don't think it is. <laughs> I hear that. I think the only the only thing I would say is just a little like. Mm, is that like yes it's a there's a a huge reveal um it's a public humiliation style reveal but there's so much about it that does not hurt it and when it happened it felt heartbreaking but it didn't feel it, it it did feel violent but it didn't feel violent towards me yeah it felt like there was it was definitely an act of violence but at the same time it was one that we knew something good was going to come from it. We just didn't know how. And I, I think that they navigated it. I think that uh, the author navigated that very well. Yeah, so. I, I, I totally agree. I, I, and, and I mean, you're absolutely right, I think, to, to call out that that moment and, and say, like, let's actually think about this and let's think about what, what role that plays in the book. Um, and I think your your analysis of it is, is spot on. Um, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, if I had had this book as a, a sixth grader, my life would have looked radically different, I think. And if I had a, a context where um, somebody could have, you know, told me that, like, this book is is right and it has a positive message and it, it you know yeah i think my life would have looked a lot happier to be honest yeah and uh also the other reason that we're we're bringing this up is because i realized we didn't actually state this at any point in time yeah. uh is that it's being uh, adapted into oh, a yeah. musical yeah. yeah so um that's amazing and i'm so excited for it this was announced in february um it is the next musical from the team from frozen uh and bobby lopez um and i this is great this lends itself to a sense of theatricality Mm -hmm. the only trepidation i have is that they're just gonna grab a cis dude mm-hmm. to be the prince and it's not necessarily that it can't be played by a cis dude but at the same time it's like well we've had a lot of mrs doubtfires we've had a lot of uh tootsies yeah. and they uh, I mean, who knows how mrs doubtfire is going to do but like tootsie right. did really well uh and so i think it's great and i think that it's a good push i just would like more explicitly trans folks i don't know i'm just saying like yeah <laughs> or yeah so 
let's figure it out y'all <laughs> yeah let's let's seriously do that because you're it's so true like the 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 experience in the background that a trans non-binary actor could bring to prince sebastian would be invaluable i mean i think it would just make that performance all the richer yeah so uh, i think that's it uh how can people find you if you want them to find you sure so they can find me on facebook jonathan lexandrados twitter at j a l e x a n j l x n uh on instagram as at toy underscore circus uh and that's uh, pretty much the main ways if you find me on one of there you'll find me Awesome. Uh, and as for us, obviously, bit.ly slash is it transphobic. You can find us on Twitter at is it transphobic. You can find me, Ashley, on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L U C R E T I A D E A R, and then the number four. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting us. Again, I know that it's been a little while since I've been able to update, but uh, I have a lot of time, a lot of energy, and not a lot of places to put it in. So we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to have a surplus of episodes. Uh, so. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Uh, really go out, buy this book, support this book, read. Yeah. This book. And read in books. general. Just do <laughs> Just some read. reading. Just fucking read. Read Come stuff. Come on. <laughs> awesome. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. It's a piece that honestly was recommended to me by my... Oh, what am I doing? I'm watching The Office while we're talking all right <laughs> so i'm gonna put that little exchange at the end yeah it's <laughs> a nice like blooper that um, sounds great but yeah like we'll we'll do the intro again because okay. i was watching the office <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs>